Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to this week's news desk. With me, Chris Stafford, alongside Nancy Gillen. We are have we both have football fever, don't we, Nancy? We do. Yeah, um, more than halfway through the Euros now, and uh, definitely been dominating my month for sure. Yeah, I know. I know how you love your your football, but we do have a little celebration over here. A championship game was won last night by the US, beating Canada in the CONCACAF Trophy. All important, of course, for us because we had to qualify for the Paris Olympic Games in 2024. Um, and, and talk about our northern, uh, you know, our regular, uh, this is a derby. This is a bit like uh, Arsenal playing Tottenham or something, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, I think as well, both teams have gone for a bit of change, kind of whether good or bad as well. So it's quite an interesting matchup. Yeah, it really was. And it was on late last night on Paramount Plus for those in the US um, who, who were keen enough to stay up for the 10 o'clock kickoff. Uh, but we did get one goal thanks to Alex Morgan, and, and that was the clincher. Uh, and she beat her San Diego teammate, you know, the goalie, the Canadian goalie, Kaylin Sheridan. And that was in the 78th minute, uh, Nancy. So, you know, we had to wait a long time. And so did the fans. Um, there was uh, over 17,000 fans at that game last night. Um, but uh, we've talked about Alex Morgan being on such great form. This season, I mean, both in the NWSL and when she's been with the squad, the national squad, uh, and not surprisingly, she won the golden ball as the best player of the competition there because she'd scored three goals during the competition. But that one last night, that uh, penalty was all important. So, yeah, we've qualified for the World Cup. We've qualified for the Olympic Games now. So a championship has been completed there down in Monterey, Mexico. CONCACAF is done and dusted. So we can now turn our focus to UEFA um, Euros, the 2022 Euros, which uh, I know are getting you really excited now because we're, we're whittling it down a little bit. You're still obviously hoping that England make it all, all the way to the finals at Wembley. Yeah, I mean, we're getting into the really exciting bit now, uh, into the knockout stages. And yeah, like you say, I think England are definitely looking good for sure. Um, but yeah, there's always a degree of comfort in the group stage that, um, you know, like you can lose a game and still go through or whatever. So it's when it, the knockout, it just comes down fully to that that one game. Um, you know, if you don't play well, that's it. That's uh, tournament over. But yeah, so uh, England will take on Spain in tomorrow's quarterfinal. Then Germany, Austria, which is, I think, a really interesting matchup on Thursday. Uh, Sweden, Belgium on Friday and France, Netherlands, which again, I think is a really great match um, on Saturday. So a lot of really good teams there. We've got obviously the hosts, England, we've got defending champions, the Netherlands, uh, Olympic silver medalists, Sweden, Germany and France have both looked really, really strong uh, in the tournament so far. And then I suppose Austria and Belgium are underdogs, probably have got nothing to lose. So might give it a real go. So yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to who comes out of on top of all the all of those matches. 
Yeah, super exciting. So we've got uh, four games in a row there now. And and we've talked before, uh, Nancy, about who we like the look of right now. And I, I was liking the look of France for a while. Um, and I was thinking, oh, yeah, if it's going to be an England-France final. But Germany have not conceded a goal. They're looking really powerful. And you favour them to meet England at Wembley. Yeah, kind of. I don't want to jinx anything. <laughs> I always feel like I am when, <laughs> no, I, when I discuss gonna... these things. But for me, I, I, I can see, I can see uh, England beating Spain tomorrow. Um, I've watched Spain in person twice, and I, I think they're a great team and they've got great players, but they don't have a clinical edge. They struggle to score goals. Um, they yes. keep a lot of the possession. So I think if you're expecting that. It's, okay as long as you can you know like counter attack against them and, and get for goals and luckily not fire as we know um in the tournament so far i think scoring um was it uh 15 five yeah no 14 goals in in the group stage um which is a record so yeah i'm quite confident about that so then that would put england through to either sweden or belgium i'm presuming sweden again i think sweden have been a bit dis- disappointed so far so that should be england in the final um, then, yeah, I expect Germany and France to win their respective quarterfinals. And for me, Germany are, yeah, I'd describe them as formidable. Um, I think they haven't conceded, like you said. I think they've looked really confident, um, just kind of getting the job done. Um, France have looked good, for sure. But, yeah, they drew against Iceland yesterday and they looked a little off the pace. Um, I think maybe a, a better team would have punished them a lot more and probably won the game. Um, so for me, yeah, Germany winning that that semi final, which would leave us with in, an England Germany final at Wembley, which <laughs> the idea of which is absolutely terrifying, and we're not even there yet. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and I just to go back to Spain, I was a bit disappointed with Spain. I was expecting better of them. They just looked a bit sloppy, and and it just didn't look like they you know, were fully in sync and coordinated to, you know, to go all the way. Uh, so, yeah, a little bit disappointed with them. Yeah, I thought they looked a little bit sloppy, to say the least, when you know they have so much power play there if they have the right players. Um, but there were just some areas of the game I thought they were definitely short, falling short and uh, surprising too. I expected more of them. Yeah, I, I think as well, like you expect them to be scoring quite a lot of goals and stuff, given the, the team, uh, the team that they are and the players they have. But it is a case of, you know, they will have the ball like so much of the time, but not really yeah. doing anything with it, just kind of passing. Yeah. They've resorted to just putting in crosses, but then they don't have a, a striker in the middle who attacks it or like heads it home yeah yeah so it's i think they are lacking a bit of bites i probably say that they're probably going to win like four nils for us but but yeah i I think they uh and have not been too impressive um yeah so yeah i think it's been a bit of a disappointment for them so far yeah i think we just need to rile them up you know so we have a real contest tomorrow where is that game against england at quarters being played nancy so that's going to be at um brighton at the amex stadium so i'll be going to that because i got my accreditation confirmed today so yeah trip down to brighton tomorrow okay jump on the train yeah i'm definitely i'm definitely getting the train but i'm a bit worried because of the heat wave here if um, if they're going to be well running on time, hopefully. Uh, so I'm just going to go nice and early. Hopefully, get down there 
a few hours before kickoff um, just to make sure I'm down there. And if there's any problems, um, it would give me enough time to, to overcome that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And where's the Germany-Austria game being played? That's at Brentford uh, in London. So I'm also hoping to go to that one. So, yeah. That's on Thursday. Back's back, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the Sweden-Belgium game on Friday, where's that taking place? So that is, um, I believe it's... No, hang on a sec. I know uh, Netherlands, France is... You know what? I've It's literally evaded me where those ones are. So I'm just going to quickly go to... Okay, yeah. Sweden, Belgium is Lee Sports Village, which is uh, up near Wigan, Manchester. And then uh, France, Netherlands is at the New York Stadium in Rotherham. So, yeah, those two matches are up north. So I'm not going to those ones. Oh, you're not going to either of those. Okay, that's fine. No, yeah. I think okay. if England gets to the, the semi-final that England would play in is Sheffield. I think if we get there, I'm going to try and go up for that. But um, I think, yeah, just because I've got those two, the first two quarterfinals in the in the diary, I think it would be a lot of uh, travelling to then go up north and go to the other games as well. So, yeah, I'll save myself okay. for the semi-finals, hopefully. Right, semi-finals are on Tuesday the 26th and Wednesday the 27th then and the final on Sunday, July 31st, 12 noon. Uh, is that 12 noon UK time? Oh, it's US time, so it's 5pm uh, here. 5pm, okay, 5pm um, in the UK in Wembley Stadium, which um, is going to be, yeah, quite the game. Do you have accreditation or are you going as a fan? Well, I have a ticket. Um, accreditation doesn't open until you know which teams are in the final. Uh, so I'll apply for accreditation as well, but as backup, I have a ticket. So covered, yeah. I've got all bases covered, covered yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, we shouldn't run before we can walk. We've got uh, the quarterfinals to to handle. To, first of all, they're taking place, as we said, tomorrow and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. All right. Um, just just sort of rounding up what you've seen so far then, because we've talked a little bit about the other team's performance. Um, can you pick out a player or two that has really knocked you over? You've really, really, really standout performances. Because over here, you know, we've got Alex, Alex Morgan. Or Alex Morgan. She's a standout player for everything. She she also won, uh, by the way, the Golden Ball is the best player of the competition, if I didn't mention that, at CONCACAF. So congratulations, Alex. She's on... Absolutely on fire. But who's on fire as far as you're concerned in the Euros, Nancy? Um, I'll, I'll say, you know, I'll say an English player and then I'll say a player from another team because I don't want to uh, be biased. Um, so in terms of English players, I think Beth Mead is 100% impossible to ignore uh, this tournament so far. Um, she scored five goals in three games and also got three assists as well, which just shows how, how many goals she's scoring and creating. Um, so she is leading the... Um, the race for the golden boot to finish as top scorer in the tournament overall. So, um, yeah, it's been, she's had a brilliant season for Arsenal and then has just kind of continued that form uh, for England and has been our most crucial player. I think the best player in every game uh, so far. So, yeah, she's been great. And then I really like the look of uh, Linda Dalmans. She's a German player. Um, she has just been quite a... Um, I think significant part of uh, Germany's success. Um, she got a goal um, as Germany. Uh, she's as well. She's just 
been you know kind of all over the pitch for them so and as I think Germany are going to be one of the teams that are doing going to do well I think she's going to be a big part of that so yeah she's a she plays in midfield for um for Germany so yeah I really like the look of her okay all right so uh, obviously you hope that best mead will will <laughs> prevail um well it'd be interesting to see what happens tomorrow all right stay tuned for that because we'll have a roundup of the quarterfinals and um possibly the semis too um well it depends when we record next week doesn't it nancy if we record on monday then we'll just have a roundup of the quarterfinals yeah exactly that's correct all right. Okay. Um, I want to just go back to um, the NWSL for, for now, Nancy. I, I don't know if you know, saw this story that they're going to consider abortion rights when they choose their expansion cities. Did you read that story? I did, yeah. And it looks very, uh, well, it's kind of one of those situations where sport and politics really mix, don't they? And it's kind of how politics influences sport. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, it, it really is. There's a clear overlap there, um, but they've made it quite a conversation point too, and, I, and not just the NWSL but other sports as well, given um, how uh, the Roe v. Wade um, law was overturned a few weeks ago now. But, it, um, you know, what they're saying is, it you know, it is a very – uh, it is a pain point for the players and for the clubs and that laws hurting individuals with capacity to have children and laws hurting the LGBTQ community will play a role in player staff recruitment. So they've they've come right out and made that statement. Uh, we'll follow that, of course, as we start to consider those expansion cities. Um, it's good that we're growing the number of uh, clubs over here, Nancy. Yeah, it seems to be quite at quite a rapid pace as well. Kind of, it's, yeah. it's been nearly every season you're getting um, more and more uh, clubs join, which is good because obviously you want a bigger league. It's more competitive and interesting. And you know, it's not happening north and with our northern friends north of the border. You know, Canada have been crying out for a league, uh, and it's still not happening. I, I, you know, they have other challenges, I think, up there, but. Of course, that means that we get a lot of the Canadian players playing for US teams. Yeah, and I, I mean, I know there's definitely been some movement in that in that area. Um, and when you look at the Canadian international team, um, who are, have been so successful recently and winning, you know, the gold medal and started to compete with the US, it, it does seem like a bit of a shame that they, I suppose, they probably have a pipeline up to a certain point and then all their players go over to the US. So I think for their best interests especially with the national team, um, they would definitely be wanting their own league. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see maybe with time because they have so... Obviously, they're the Olympic champions. They have so many class players. Um, they deserve a, a league of their own. Uh, we're going to stay with football for the next story, Nancy. And this comes from Emma Hayes, the Chelsea manager. I should just mention that she's been our main analyzer for ESPN2 covering the Euros. You probably wonder where she was because she's probably not on British TV, is she? Yeah, no, I did notice. Well, I saw that she was going with, uh, going with ESPN and quite jealous because she is such a brilliant... Her pun um, really explains things well and in very uh, easy to understand terms. So, yeah, you've got a good one there. Yes, we certainly have. Um, but anyway, she wrote an article for the Telegraph um, newspaper in London about player periods, uh, menstruation. Now, they're not just painful, they can wreck a footballer's career. And I thought that was a really good article, Nancy. I did as well, and um, I read that too. And 
Yeah, I think just some kind of uh, highlights, uh, some some of the points she highlights. So it's it's not even necessarily kind of obviously like pain is an issue, but things like your mood, like the fact that it affects players' moods, like that is something that is quite a big deal because it could maybe affect your motivation or like your self-belief or your confidence and stuff like that. Um, so there has been research done into it and I think it's kind of been around either looking at how it can be linked to injury or like offsetting the pain. But then there are so many more factors beyond that as well, which Hayes highlighted, which um, I think is really important. And yeah, I know she's been doing a lot of work with Chelsea uh, to monitor her uh, players' mental cycles. So it's it's really great that that is starting to happen. Yeah, and she's doing it in a way, you, you know, that is not, obviously non-invasive. It, it, it doesn't undermine their confidence and... and you know, embarrass them in any way because often women and young women are embarrassed by it and we see so many girls leaving sport once they start their periods. Uh, it, you know, it's a, it's a real issue, but I love the way she's tackling it. Um, and, and we know um, certainly from tennis, there's been a lot of discussion about athletes wearing white shorts or white dresses too. Um, you know, this has been very uh, inhibitive, uh, just that something as basic as the colour of shorts. Yeah, exactly. And I think when you look and you, there are events like Wimbledon, which have uh, obviously all white and you look at a lot of, say, if you just were watching the Euros and you counted how many uh, of the teams had white shorts, it'd probably be the majority of them. Um, so, you know, it's something that is so commonplace in sports, but actually can um, be of detriment to female athletes. So it's it just shows kind of how much the menstrual cycle hasn't really been considered at all. Yeah, it certainly is. Well, there's a very good article. There'll be a link to it in the show notes at wisports.com. But she concludes, I thought, very poignantly by saying, imagine if a player like Harry Kane simply couldn't start one day. That would be a huge story. And that's a scenario that is totally plausible for a player with endometriosis. And she says, I hope we see a thousand percent more research because it's about time sport took this far more seriously. So well done, Emma. That's a very, very good article. You know, before we move about away from football, I, I did want to mention... I saw this on Twitter last week that the game, <clears throat> excuse me, between Northern Ireland and England saw a peak TV audience of 3.4 million and 525,000 website streams on the BBC. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty um, impressive. I think some of the, uh, both the figures for attendance and um, viewing figures have been amazing um a lot of them record-breaking so it's yeah it's brilliant to see such high interest in the tournament yeah that's extraordinary and we know the first game how many were there intending attending the very first game when england played uh, austria um, Nancy, the opener? it was around sixty-five thousand. so yeah i think that was a record for um a euros match a women's euros match in, in total um in history so without even getting to the final where there'd probably be around 80,000 at the match. It's uh, incredible, really. Yeah, the one, the games that I've been watching on ESPN, uh, they look like almost full, you know, almost sold out. Some, they said, were sold out. Uh, but, you know, packed, enthusiastic crowds, you know, that kind of crowds that you would see at a, at a men's football tournament uh, were there, you know, men and families supporting the women it was really good to see and also a lot of um, overseas visitors too yeah I mean it's been yeah it's been so well attended and like you said everyone coming over and um, like you know wearing their colours and, and their flags and stuff it's been yeah brilliant atmosphere around the tournament so far 
And, and, and one more story before we do actually move on from football. But Sam Kerr, uh, who plays for Chelsea, we just mentioned, and also for the Matildas, the Australian, she's on the front of the Fever 23 cover. Um, you know, that that's a big deal, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, Fever is such a, as in the game, is such a popular game um, for football fans. Um, like I remember when I was a kid, I used to play it and I used to get really annoyed at the lack of uh, female players on it. And there are more now, but I think on this edition, there's going to be uh, more women's leagues and stuff. And yeah, having Sam Kerr on the front is massive. Um, she's the first ever women's footballer on the front of a global cover. So I know, I think it was 2016. Um, I think there was Alex Morgan was on the cover of the US edition. I think uh, it was Steph Catley was on the cover of the Australian edition, but in terms of the edition that goes to every is at in every country in the world. Uh, yeah, this is the first time that a female footballer has been um, included on it. So, yeah, it's really massive, and she is, I think, kind of a, a good pick. Um, she's obviously very talented football wise, but then she is kind of one of those iconic players. Um, like everyone knows who she is. She creates a lot of like big moments in in women's football. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I think it's a really cool thing to happen. And I don't know if you've noticed, but her girlfriend, Christy Mears, who, Christy Mears, who plays for the US, she's been playing really well on the in the CONCACAF tournament, really getting in there. If she, even if she didn't start, she's been coming on. And, you know, she's a very effective midfielder. In <clears throat> She's really been seizing some opportunities. So I'm sure they'd be very proud of each other right now. Yeah, a bit of a power couple. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, we're going to turn to another major event that's happening in the sports world right now, and that's ha- taking place in Eugene, Oregon, on the west coast of the U.S., and the World Athletics Championships, Nancy. There's been titles won, uh, and, and we're going to start with one big one, Shelley Ann Fraser-Price, who won her fifth 100-meter world title. I know you've always been a big fan of her, but she really is a powerhouse herself. Yeah, pretty remarkable, really. Um, so, yeah, like you said, she won the women's 100 metres at the World Championships. Um, as we know from the Olympics and years gone by, that's a pretty uh, competitive uh, field. Um, so she uh, finished first in 10.67 seconds, which was a World Championship record. Um, Sharika Jackson finished second and Elaine Thompson-Hurrah finished third. So it was a Jamaican clean sweep and it was actually the first time um, a country has taken a clean sweep of the women's 100 metre at World Championships, um, which is quite extraordinary. Yeah, I, f- extraordinary I found that quite surprising. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because of Jamaica's... Um, 
dominance in in sprinting and and but I would have thought either the US uh, or Jamaica would have achieved that before but yeah no pretty pretty amazing it shows how good uh, Jamaica uh, women's sprinting in Jamaica is right now but um yeah so a pretty record breaking um achievement from Fraser Price um she became the first person to win five golds in an individual track event at the world champs um and yeah, at 35 years old, um, yeah. she's showing absolutely no sign, sign of slowing down, literally. Um, so yeah, really remarkable from her. Yeah. And close behind was um, Britain's uh, Dina Asher-Smith there, we should point out. You yeah. know, Elaine Thompson, her I was 1081 and uh, Dina was 1083. And so, you know, quite the battle going on there. Um, and there always is. But I, I think it's really exciting for Jamaica, I mean, to take all, all three. We should, should mention the rest of the finalists there were from, Sweden, from Switzerland, the USA, the Cote d'Ivoire and uh, two um, American athletes. Um, so that continues those championships. N- Nancy, um, heptathlon is going on right now. Have you been following that? Um, yes, I have a little bit because um, Kat Johnson Thompson, the British athlete, is uh, involved in that. Um, but yeah, a lot of the timing for the world championships is a bit tricky because it's normally wake up and a lot of it has happened already. Um, but yeah, I've been, yeah. I've been keeping my eye on it, eye on it the best I can. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. It is it's a very, very full schedule there, and it goes through the rest of the week. And, and if you go to the link at worldathletics.org, you can actually listen to the radio, um, which is blow-by-blow uh, um, blow commentary there, on right on their website, which is pretty cool. But that's, all, as I say, all the way through to the weekend till Sunday, uh, day before my birthday, Nancy. Oh, very nice. Happy birthday. Yes. Happy birthday. Funny. Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> next Monday. All right. Uh, what have we got next? We've got some cycling news, haven't we? Women's Tour de France preview. Yep. So Women's Tour de France, the first ever edition of the Women's Tour de France, uh, starts on Sunday. Um, and it's a an eight-stage event. So it will be finishing the following week. Um, so it starts in Paris um, at the Eiffel Tower, actually, and finishes in Excuse my French, but la super planche de Belleville. <laughs> well done. Good effort. Thanks. So yeah, that's it's the first time. Um, surprisingly, I think this kind of shocks everyone, um, but there's never been a official women's Tour de France uh, before. Um, it was meant to start last year, but it was uh, postponed because of the pandemic. So finally, finally happening this year. Um, and yeah, pretty exciting. Um, I'm actually going to the first stage. So I'm going out to Paris on Saturday and coming back Monday. Um, and I'll be, yeah, I went to, I can't remember. I definitely spoke about it on the show, but I went to the Paris Roubaix, the, um, another women's yes. cycling race. Yeah. So I with, remember that. Yeah. Swift to, uh, like electronic cycling company. Um, so I'm going with them again and, um, we'll be able to go in a race car for the first stage, which we really cool really cool so just following the race um so yeah i'm really looking forward to that and it's a massive moment in women's cycling um like i, I think tour de france even if you don't uh, like cycling it's it's such an iconic event like everyone knows about it so the fact that there wasn't a women's one was was pretty bad and, and having that i think just raised the profile of, of women's cycling um Massively. So, yeah, I'm really excited to go out there and to see, you know, how um, how it takes off. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how many cyclists there are racing. Yeah, I mean, there's normally quite a few, isn't there? So I'm not sure yeah. 
how big the peloton is going to be, but I presume maybe, I don't know, 60, 60 ish, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I haven't seen anything to to that effect about how many entries there are, but it is uh, it is going to be exciting and good for the women finally to get their own Tour de France. Uh, and I envy you. You know, I'm a cyclist, but not a road cyclist like that. But uh, oh, you never know. Yeah. Maybe you, you have been doing some <laughs> impressive uh, cycling. <laughs> we will see. We will see. I'll just stick to the trails for now. But yeah, I envy you going over there. Have a great trip, and you'll you. come and tell us about it next week. So you're leaving when? Are you leaving? Uh, just uh, a pretty short trip, so Saturday afternoon and then coming back on Monday. Okay, cool. Uh, well, it um, hopefully won't be too hot for them either because there's been record temperatures, not just in the UK where you are sitting sweltering right now, which hopefully will pass when the weather changes tomorrow. But in, in Europe, it, it's really been sizzling, hasn't it, and caused uh, evacuations and fires and quite a lot of damage. And climate change has really taken hold there. Yeah, it's uh, pushing forty Celsius here. Um, yeah, and we just we don't have the infrastructure to cope with this heat. So it's uh, my house is very hot right now, but it's meant to be relatively short lived. So I think tomorrow we'll, we'll be fine again. Yeah, I'll hopefully call call off for you. Um, now, uh, uh, one more st- we've got one more story um, from netball, haven't we? Um, and this is about coats. John Coates, who's the IOC vice president, insists that netball is a long, long way off Olympic inclusion for Brisbane 2032. What's that about? Yeah, so uh, the International Olympic Committee vice president, John Coates, um, he's, well, there's been the proposal that netball be included in the 2032 Olympics um, because it's in Australia and obviously. Australia are incredibly strong at netball. Um, so, yeah, it's they've kind of been the dominant force in netball since it began, really. Um, but obviously, netball is not an Olympic sport and it hasn't been. Um, so, yeah, Coates was kind of talking about that debate and he, he has been pretty, um, not shut it down as such, but he's, uh, you know, he's kind of said that to achieve Olympic recognition, netball has to be gender neutral, which is kind of the main problem that has been highlighted, uh, especially because the IOC now wants a 50-50 split in sports um, if, mm-hmm. if they're to have Olympic inclusion. Um, and he said, we don't see men playing at a high standard, starting with by being good enough to be part of the Commonwealth Games programme. So suggesting there that you'd have to have a men and women's netball tournament at the Commonwealth Games before it could even begin to be considered for um, Olympic inclusion. So, yeah, I think that's probably quite dispiriting for people that are campaigning to have netball at the Olympics. But I also think relatively um, realistic because that is just kind of the criteria these days for Olympic inclusion. And, yeah, I think I think there's a long way to go um, before netball can be there. Yeah, and they're, they're also talking about the, the international broadcast appeal and that it does not have it like just like a sport like gymnastics would. Um, well, you could say that about basketball, but, you know, basketball. So, I mean, I'm surprised they're even saying that because uh, I, I find netball as compelling as basketball. 
Yeah, and I think as well, one of the big things about the Olympics is that you don't watch sports that you're necessarily interested in. You kind of turn on the TV and then you right. get engrossed in a sport that is just on. Like that's kind of the thing about it. Like there's a lot of sports that people will, will watch and love in the Olympics and they, they don't for the rest, for the next four years. Um, so yeah, I don't necessarily see that as an argument. And I, I don't think as well sports should be picked on what the broadcasting figures are going to be like that are going to be like because it kind of just goes against I suppose the Olympic spirit um yeah yeah, I I can see less value in that argument and more value in the gender split um so yeah Yeah. they're just gonna have to really kind of develop men's netball pretty quickly if they have any chance of getting in the Olympics yeah, I, I agree. All right, we'll keep you posted on that one. And meanwhile, um, talking about the Olympics in LA now in 2028, they've just announced their dates. And the Olympics always runs over my birthday. So this is going to be July 21st, which is a Friday through Sunday, August the 6th in 2028, if anybody needs to mark their calendar. I want to give a shout out, thinking of the 2028 20, Olympics in, in LA, because our old friend and judoka, who's a uh, London Olympic bronze medalist Marty Malloy. She's just been hired onto the LA team to do social media because when she retired a few years ago, she got a job in social media being a um, social media manager and then she got a better job and she's become something of an expert in social media marketing and so uh, LA Olympic Organising Committee have hired Marty Malloy so well done Marty uh, but yeah 2028 not that far away Nancy you'll probably uh, book a ticket for that one too will you try and get accreditation yeah, definitely. I think a very exciting event. There's there's just so much happening at the moment, isn't there? It's amazing. Yeah, and to look forward to. Yeah, so we've got Paris to look forward to. Uh, you've got to get credentials for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. To another. Yeah. Going to be working on that. Uh, yeah, and um, Paris, and then and then uh, there's some nice ones to be lined up, right? You've got Paris, and then LA, and then and then Brisbane. So. Yeah, some really great venues, one after the other. I'll always say that of all the Olympics I've done, Sydney was by far my favourite and the best. It was, you know, Australia is just a tremendous host for an Olympic Games or any major sporting event because they're such a sporting nation. And don't forget, we've got World Cups to look forward to down there next year, Nancy. Down under. Uh, Really well organised and... Yeah, really looking forward to that. Hopefully, hopefully we have to get out there too, but we'll we'll see. Yes, yeah. All right, one thing at a time. We've got the Euros to uh, to watch now in the next few days. Uh, it's going to be over before we know it. So just another week left of those Euro Championships in in, in the UK. Nancy, I'm sure you're really super excited uh, for the next few days. You probably won't get much sleep. No, probably not a lot, but I think it's it's all worth it for sure. Definitely. Remind everybody where they can read what you're writing about those Euros and, and follow you on social media. So I'm on um, on Twitter. I'm at Nancy Gillen, at Nancy underscore Gillen. And on Instagram, I'm uh, Nancy Gillen underscore sport. And then everything I write is on Give Me Sport Women, which is uh, on Twitter. You can find us at, at Give Me Sport W. All right. And we're, of course, at wisports.com and at wisports on social media channels. So that's about it for this week. And um, this is what, season four now, uh, episode 27. We're recording on July 18th. And you've got what, 
you've got a week of, I think, just non-stop competition. So I think I better let you go and get some sleep now because it's quite late in the UK. Um, and then also your trip to Paris as well. Super envious of that. But anyway, uh, enjoy all your sport, Nancy. And uh, we'll be back uh, early next week, maybe, uh, to get a roundup of the quarterfinals. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, hopefully we'll be reporting on an England win. Yeah, fingers crossed. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening and I hope you enjoy your sport and particularly the Euros. So join us again next week. Until then, goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.